Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You guys are in for a treat with this conversation with Jonathan Bananas. In this video, which it's actually a live video, so make sure you head over to GameArtInstitute.com and go to the blog so you can actually see the episode post on this where you see the screen capture and, you know, all that good stuff because it was a live webinar for my boot camp people. He does some amazing stuff in Substance Designer. Substance Designer is one of the most substantive right? One of the most important software pieces out there today. If I was starting over, I would not touch ZBrush. That's a fact. I tell all my boot campers this. If I was starting over and I was looking to get my career moving and I really needed to move that needle as quick as possible, I would not be touching ZBrush. There's too much competition. There's too much information already out there. When I started it, there was no information and it matched perfectly with the stuff I'd been studying before in my life. Today, if I was starting over, I would open up Substance Designer and I would start making beauty in that program and Substance Painter too, man. But it's so important that we as game artists, we stay at the leading edge of software. That's what keeps us relevant. That's what keeps us employed. That's what, keep, you know, and it's just so powerful when you do that because you can come around and teach everybody else and increases your brand and how people get aware of you. So I'm really excited to be able to share this really awesome training with you. Now, depending on when you're watching this, keep in mind the August boot camp is closing for enrollment soon. So August 6th is our deadline. Make sure you head over to gameartinstitute.com to enroll today. Otherwise, make sure to leave a comment on this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you are watching that, it makes a big difference in getting the word out about these so that I can keep producing these and we can get as much attention and awareness to all these amazing artists as possible. Let's get to it. Okay, so we are recording and I have with me here, it's a really treat, it's actually in line with the way we've been doing things so far. Jonathan has a whole presentation um, that he's going to talk to you about uh, the career and, and some, some other really cool stuff. And then we're going to get in and talk um, kind of nuts and bolts about all of this stuff. But Jonathan, why don't you introduce and just, you know, what, what do you do right now for, for work? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm currently a texture artist um, for Ubisoft. Uh, I arrived in Quebec uh, something like eight or nine months ago now. Uh, and I started about 12 years ago in the video game industry. So I worked uh, for uh, Quantic Dream on productions such as EV Rain and Beyond Two Souls mm -hmm. as environment artist. Uh, then I went to Guerrilla Games in Netherlands to work uh, on Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. And then I came back in France um, to work on Ghost Recon Wildlands, still as environment artist. And uh, yeah, now I'm, uh, I'm in Quebec and uh, I switched uh, as texture artist uh, full time. So Great. what yeah. does a texture artist do? Because one of the things that I find in environments, it's a little different than character, but with environments, there's so many directions to go in. Yeah. What does a texture artist well, uh, 
well, as texture artist, um, you need to to create well textures, of course, mm -hmm. but uh, it, it's more a, a collaborative work with modeler. Uh, so, for instance, you need to uh, make a kit for a, a set of building. Uh, so you need to work with them to define what sort of trim he needs, mm -hmm. uh, what sort of tileable texture he needs. Uh, so if you're making, uh, I don't know, bricks, maybe you will need different sort of bricks. Uh, you need to, to see with him how he's going to blend the texture together, uh, depending on the shader and where you're working, of course, depending on the engine. Yeah. But um, it, it's pretty different, but you can really go more in depth into uh into texturing because when i was uh when i used to be environment artist um i was involved into uh texture production uh but i didn't have that much time to to push the things forward so um, now it's pretty different you know i'm really focused on this and uh i really enjoy it so far now one of the um so texturing is important to me in this conversation now because uh, it used to be a lot of environment and, and projections and things of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. But talk to me about some of the changes uh, that have happened. You know, like sometimes in, environment artists, they do the modeling and the texturing uh, for the most part. But now as a texture yeah. artist, like, you know, what are some of the things that you do now that maybe before were done, you know, with modeling? Uh, well, um now uh, I, I could say that um, the texturing uh, became really more uh, complicated than before. You know, it involved a lot of more knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, so you need to uh, before before designer and uh, and painter, you really needed to uh, to to mastering very well ZBrush to make uh, PBR textures, stuff like that, or uh, Photoshop yeah. but I don't know now I think it, it, it involves a lot of knowledge of different program and it's it's not like you know a few years ago it was just like uh, taking a bitmap and cropping it and just using some 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 brushes in in Photoshop and it was done you know uh, uh, now it's it's very different and uh, the the the, the console are, are really powerful. We can we can produce texture in 4K or 2K. So you you have a lot of resolution, and you really need to spend time on 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 the texture now. Got it. Great. Yeah. Uh, okay. And does the texture artist is this involving uh, terrain much? Uh, well, in my case, uh, I'm uh, specifically working on architecture at the moment, but mm -hmm. uh, yes, you can definitely uh, make materials for, uh, for the terrain, uh, such as sand or uh, mud or whatever. Right. Um, you can also make texture sometimes for, for props, depends of, of, of what they need at work. Uh, but you, you need to to be able to to make a lot of uh, a lot of different textures, so organic stuff and also uh, art surface stuff. Great. Um, t talk to me a little bit about your education. Where did you go to school and and what was the first job and a little bit about how you got there? Uh, 
Uh, well, um, it was, yeah, I think uh, now 15 years ago. Wow, I'm getting old, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I started in, uh, in um, I went to an art school uh, in, in Paris um, called Lisa, uh, where I stayed for three years. And uh, originally, I wanted to go in the, um, the CG industry. Um, so it was uh, more uh, making renders, stuff like that in Maya. Then uh, I, I just had opportunities in the video game and I started as a concept artist. Uh, concept artist. So uh, I started as an intern for uh, a few months. Then uh, I made some tests in 3D because I really wanted to, to do 3D. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this is how I started in, in the video game. And uh, in my first company, I worked on uh, on small smaller project on uh, like the previous generation of console, like uh, the PS2, the Wii, and all this, you know, previous console. So it, it, it was fun to learn uh, like that on smaller project. Um, and now that I'm working on AAA game, it's 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 really bigger and it's it's a big machine, you know. Yeah, that's great. Now, Susan mentioned that you've got something um, prepared for us. Should I keep asking questions, or did you did you have something you wanted to start? Uh, well, um, I can uh, no, I can start right now. I uh, wanted to <clears throat> maybe show you a couple of render before. Uh, maybe you're interested by seeing some of my previous work um can show you a couple of render if you want yeah let's go for it all right um so yeah just to show you some of my work quickly um so i made a couple of personal work because i think it's it's always interesting to um to to keep pushing things further when you have some free time mm -hmm. so at work i know what i'm uh, um i have you know uh, t uh, uh pretty short timing usually so you're you're producing stuff uh with a schedule and you have a timeline you have milestone and you need to deliver things pretty quickly but when i have time uh i love to push things further and and experiment things so this is what we're going to see with this project today. So uh, I'm going to show you this later in Designer. But this is the sort of project that I like to do when I have some free time. And um, for those who are listening to just audio, we're talking about a, um, a Jonathan's ornate column with the skulls and, and the ornamentation and quite an, um, quite an complicated piece. Yeah, and um, yeah. More recently, I worked on um, on some desert rock stuff um, just to uh, push a bit more uh, what I was uh, capable of doing with designer mm -hmm. uh, in terms of organic textures. Yeah. So um, it's it's always to you know um, it, it it's always like a study when I when I work on project like that on the side is really to you know, improve some some specific, uh, um, challenge me and try to study different elements that I can't really study at work. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, so as I said, I worked on, on, on different games. So here is more uh, environment work that I've done um, when I was in Paris. You can take a look at my art station if you have some time and if you're interested to see more stuff. Um, 
I've also made a, a couple of uh, tutorial for uh, 3D artists, uh, the magazine, um, on different subject textures, uh, assets such as like this gun, or you know, it's um, it's very interesting to uh, make tutorials out of project like that. I think because it's also a good way for you to just uh, go back to your work and um, just look at the different step and you know it, it it's it's also a good way to to learn uh once again you know i think um one of the things that drew me to you was that foliage generator oh <laughs> level cool. 80 this one okay yeah great and uh if you don't mind i'd love to chat about that because if i remember right and correct me if i'm wrong because i i um i could have my uh, data mixed up but um, you have some parameters within Substance that allow you to change things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the, one of the things that um, is important to me in terms of artists in, in this game industry is, is really capitalizing on the, the stuff that, that's really new and important. And so how important is Substance Designer to an aspiring game artist today in your eyes? Well, I think um, it, it changed a lot uh, when Uncharted 4 was released. Mm -hmm. I think people sort of realized that you could use Substance Designer on huge production like that. Mm -hmm. So it really became um, uh, something very important uh, nowadays in the in the video game industry. It's like right. uh, it's like Photoshop before. But now everybody's using Substance because, you know, it, it, you can really speed up your process when you use this program, uh, especially when you can, like, create generators and stuff like that. You can, like, really radically uh, win a lot of time. So, uh, yeah, on this project was just, a, once again, just a personal studio. Um, I wanted to just create a leaf and in the end I ended up with a generator so basically not going to show you everything but um, just to show you the good example here uh, when I use uh, when I create a mask in entry in input uh, I directly have the result that you see here mm -hmm. so uh, that's how I get uh, this uh, <laughs> weird shape yeah. but um that's uh that's very cool how you can manipulate uh the different nodes in designer it's really uh just a big toolbox that you can use uh in many 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 it, it's it's a lot of experimentation as well but um yeah that's that's a very powerful tool and uh it, it's hard nowadays to to don't use it in 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 game production so it's pretty common, pretty powerful. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, how important is it, do you think it is for a beginner to have skills in that? You know, um, is it something that is for people who are already in the industry or is it, a, is it a real leg up and a door opener? Well, I think it's good even for, uh, for a beginner to learn designer because um, this is, uh, the, 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 the industry is just, moving in this direction so if you directly uh learn the program i think it's gonna be just uh, a plus for you 
mm -hmm. like uh, learning Unreal. Uh, I think today it's uh, it's just normal to start by learning Unreal because this is this is something really common. You you can find this engine in maybe half of the company uh, in the world. I don't know. But uh, everybody's using Unreal and everybody's using Substance Designer, like everybody's using ZBrush as well. Right. So I think it's it's just you know the 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 common tool that you need to learn, and uh, uh, I think it's designer became really part of uh, this core program that you need to know like uh, Maya or 3ds Max. Right. Totally. Got it. Great. Um, okay. And so, what other software do you think it's important for beginners, people who are looking to get into this into this? What else? What else is important for them to know? We got Substance Designer, we got ZBrush. Obviously, they need Maya or Max. Yeah, um, I think it's already good. If you're good at at this three or four program, I think you're you already have a uh, quite a lot. <laughs> and, and how does it fit in with Substance Painter? Because you know that's obviously the much friendlier uh, yeah. program. But um, how does that connect with Substance Painter? Um, and I get, just before you answer that, I get several responses on this because there are people who, environment artists who just love Substance Painter and, and um, what is, I was interviewing James Raitosa who does a lot in um, Substance Designer, but then nowadays uh -huh. he finds himself mostly just using Painter because, you know, you can make smart materials in Painter too and, you know, it's just powerful. But how does Painter fit into this equation for you? Well, um, in my case... Um... I usually use Painter uh, on on props or assets. Yeah. So, uh, for example, I use Substance Painter to make this uh, this gun. Yeah. Uh, it was a 2D, just uh, again, just to see how I could I could use uh, the program. Um, so I, I went to uh, into very very small details just to you know try I tried to replicate like. Uh, uh, the exact feeling that I had on uh, on the, the the surface of a gun, yeah. but uh, nothing has been made in designer on this project. Everything has been made in Painter for the texture part. Okay. And just to show you another example, uh, for this helmet, uh, I've done everything in designer. Um, so all the materials have been made in designer, mm -hmm. and have been applied uh, on the asset. So it's just, you, you can pretty much do the same thing, but it's another approach. Uh, today, I'm, I'm really using designer for uh, tileable texture. Yeah. And once, uh, when, when I bake him, uh, an asset, like uh, a car or maybe, um, I don't know, hard surface stuff, uh, like, like this helmet, for example, uh, yeah. I will definitely use Painter. This was an experiment, so I made it with Designer, but I know I could I could go way faster with Painter, and it, it totally depends of the sort of asset that you need to texture. Okay. If if it's an asset, it's it's better with Painter or character, uh, and if it's uh, for uh, I don't know, uh, you need to build a facade of, uh, of an, a building. It's better to to break it into tileable texture and to, you know, make it in designer. Okay, great. So, painter definitely for props and for getting stuff out quick. 
but it like if i'm yep. looking at this um this helmet that you have here like it's a ton of materials a ton of individual parts and and things yeah. of that nature so is it fair to say that one of the benefits of substance designers it's like you're you're creating your kit that you can then you know almost kit bash materials together in the way that we do kit bashing with models yeah exactly uh on that project especially uh this is exactly what i was doing so i've created um, a couple of different uh, materials so carbon fiber uh more made uh, paints uh, glossy paints stuff mm -hmm. like that then yeah. i just played with mask in designer to just apply my different materials on the part that i wanted Got it. Okay, that makes total sense. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So if you don't mind, um, I'd love to dive into substance because I think you have something you can show us there too, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, just to show you again, so this is um, one of the projects that I've done uh, a few months ago now. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's an ornate column that I made uh, fully in designer. It's just um, a height map used in Marmoset. So I, I just used uh, my texture in Marmoset. Mm -hmm. So it's just a cylinder. So you don't have any modeling. Uh, it's just uh, a cylinder with displacement and tessellation. Okay. So um, the so main just focus. A cylinder, and then you're just in, inside a substance designer, you're setting it to tessellate. Uh, yeah, but uh, actually in Marmoset, you can directly uh, set the, the, the amount of tessellation that you want. So you increase the amount of polygons. Uh, sorry, and it's in Marmoset you're setting that. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's in Marmoset. You can do it in Designer as well, but for render, it's better to use a Marmoset toolbag. Totally. I just for, forgot to mention it, sorry. Um, but um, as you can see, um, the height map is very, very important because um, uh, when you use displacement, um, the the white information are going to be the peaks and the black information are going to be the valley. So it's really important to spend time on the on the height map because uh, this is how you're you're going to generate your volumes, and it's also going to be the main map that you're going to use to extract all your information to create your albedo, uh, your roughness, your normal, and so on. Yeah. So this yeah. now, so right now we're looking at your substance. How many uh -huh. nodes are in this? <laughs> well, I have no idea, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to show you the file. So it's, a, it's, it's a bit big, but a bit. Uh, you will see it, it's, it's not that, that complicated. No, this doesn't look complicated at all. <laughs> uh, all right so walk me through because i know the key with um designer number one it's nodal so you know it's yeah. all about the graph um exactly. so the first thing is really probably going to start with details and then we'll go back to this but like the first thing is is how do you get skulls you know are you putting geometry well, alphas like how is that working well for the skulls um uh, as the 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 main target here was to um, to try to experiment architecture stuff in Designer. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just used ZBrush to speed up my process. I could have done my skulls directly in Designer uh, because it's possible to, to make it in Designer using shapes. Uh, 
but uh, I just use uh, ZBrush for this. So just to show you here, uh, this is just a ZGrab uh, that I that I took from ZBrush, uh, and just to show you a couple of height map there. So here is a folder where I captured a couple of different uh, bones and skulls. And I just played around uh, using Tile Sampler in, in Substance Designer. Hmm. Some of those look familiar. Is that from the anatomy model in ZBrush? Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I, used, I, I didn't spend time to, uh, on the sculpt because yeah. I really wanted to, you know, I wanted to explore stuff in Designer. So I was like, okay, let's grab a, like a, a free skeleton on the internet. So I went on batking.com. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just took a skeleton and I grabbed some height map from, uh, from this model. Great. Sweet. Okay. So, all right. So that, that was in my mind, alphas. And, um, let's get back to just how you go about the thinking process. Cause I know structure, this is basically a programming language, just a visual language. So structures, yeah. how do you think that through? Well, uh, in our case, um, so uh, we wanted to create a dark fantasy ornate column. So um, I wanted to integrate elements such as cornices, uh, bones, skulls, um, gemstones, gold, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I, I, when I started to sing about it, I was like, okay, um, first I need to, to collect references because it's always important to have references. Right. Then I was like, okay, um, let's start to structure the column with the horizontal shapes. And naturally it was like, okay, um, to just help me to place all these elements together and to just help me to, to make that composition, uh, creating the cornices first is probably the, the best idea. So this is how I started. So basically, um, I can show you how I created this. So I used a node called the curve node. Okay. That's very powerful. Uh, so basically here you can, uh, create points, uh, along a curve. So I'm just going to create a new one just to show you. So here you have nothing for now because we just have two points, mm, but you're, if I start to... so, so first, if I can interrupt first, you're starting with yeah, a yeah, I start with a gradient linear. Yeah. Then I plug that into a curve node. Yeah. Got it. I understand now. Yeah. And here, uh, that is pretty much like you were drawing uh, the profile of your cornice. Yeah. So I'm manipulating the points, and I can. You really have a lot of control there. You can uh, align the points in the bottom, uh, in the middle. You can, like flip vertically, mirror horizontally, you can do a lot of things and it, it's really handy and you can iterate very quickly uh, with this node. Okay. So I was like, okay, the first, the first step is this. So then I used transform 2D nodes to uh, change the thickness of my, of my corners. And just a little details, uh, you need to set the tiling mode to horizontal tiling only, because if you don't do this, 
I just create another one from scratch. So if I change the thickness, see what happened? Mm. Everything is tiling right now. So mm -hmm. you need to go there in the tiling mode, uh, change it to absolute, then switch to horizontal tiling only. So it, in designer, you have a lot of parameters like that in the nodes uh, that you need to know. Uh, but um, it, it's very handy to, 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 to use this one. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna keep going with this if you if you want. That'd be great. Yeah. So here I'm blending together my different cornices. I'm gonna come back later on on that vertical line there because it's a detail that I've added um, at the end when I was uh, almost done with everything. So um, um, here I keep adding cornices by blending my transform 2D uh, together. Here's the same thing. I'm adding columns together, uh, cornices together, sorry. Here I'm using a level node uh, to adjust the range of my height map. Here I'm just adding a mask on top of the result that I have here just to slightly change the elevation of the two cornices in the center. I could have, I could use a, just a level, but here I use the two mask. Um, here is the same, I just added this detail uh, afterward, but uh, here I'm just adding some, it's very subtle, but if you take a look at it, you can see little damages. Uh, so the slope blur, um, is a node that can be used in many different manier, but so here is what you get if you just push too far the intensity there. So um, when you blur when you blur a noise with a blur node, uh, it creates artifacts that once fed in slow blur uh, will generate sort of erosion effect. And uh, the blur intensity there gives you the control on how chiseled the noise is. So if you push this parameter there, I'm just gonna lower down the intensity. Um, do you see the difference? Uh, it's just smoother. More I push the intensity of the blur, uh, more it's getting smooth. Yeah. And and now it's more chisel. And the intensity of the slow blur there is uh, controlling the propagation of the effect. So you, you can play with the both parameter to find uh, the good balance. And um, usually it's good to, to use it softly like that to, sure. to have sort of erosion effect. I can show you with a, a normal node maybe. All right, so mm -hmm. do you see what happened? Totally. Yeah, just yeah. got a great look. And so this is, so you use the gradient um, to just provide, you know, let's say the palette, the color palette. Then um, the curve, you take that palette and you move it around and you say, I'm gonna put black here and I'm gonna put gray here. And, you know, you establish like the profile of the, mm -hmm. of the column. 
Exactly. Okay, and then you come in and you do these 2D transform nodes. And I got a little confused about what the 2D transform nodes are. Um, but in essence, they're taking whatever that is and you're kind of localizing an area that you then want to or isolating an area that you then want to adjust. Is that an accurate way to say that? Well, uh, the Transform 2D uh, allow you to manipulate a shape. So you yeah. can move it, you can rotate it, yeah. uh, you can scale it. Yeah. You can do whatever you want with the Transform 2D. So you you always use it uh, in a graph because it's it's the only way to move a shape uh, uh, to a position, basically. Okay. And you're using it to say isolate the area of the column that's let's say three feet up, and you, you use a different node to isolate the area that's four feet up. Is that accurate? Uh, yeah. Here I'm basically just creating uh, the layout uh, of my uh, of my column. Mm -hmm. So I'm uh, I'm I'm by using my currents, I'm just uh, defining the space. Uh, that I'm gonna let free yes. to create my bareleaf. Awesome. Okay, so, and then along those lines, you excuse me, you've got the tools to kind of erode the edges and to start to establish the stone. Yeah, exactly. So th these little details uh, has been added um, uh, further. Uh, it was during the micro detail pass. I'm gonna talk about it later, but yeah. uh, keep going there. So. Here I'm adding, yeah, still other cornices. Here I'm just uh, subtracting uh, a rectangle shape there with a level to create a, just some some more space. And and here I'm really playing with um, the elevation. And uh, as I said, I'm I'm trying to to find interesting spaces. To place uh, to place my other elements, I'm adding other details there. So I'm I'm basically adding columns, uh, cornices on top of other cornices uh, to add more and more details to it and to create variation. Once my layout is done, uh, I started to add and subtract uh, smaller shapes. Uh, on my cornices. So now I'm just gonna add little details using uh, a shake node. So the, the shake nodes uh, allows you to create a lot of different primitive. Uh, so when you click here, you have a, a big list of different elements that you can just use. So parabolid, bell, Gaussian, torn, whatever. Um, and here I use a, a tile sampler. So the, the, the tile sampler is a, is a very important node because it allows you to do a lot of things in designer. Uh, it, it's a bit scary to use it at the very beginning, to be honest, because you have a lot of parameters and, uh, it's hard to, to understand at the very beginning, but, uh, it, it's very powerful. You have a lot of uh, input that you can plug in, uh, like the mask map input that I will show you later. Um, the rotation map inputs. You, you have a lot of things that 
can be useful. But here I'm just using it to uh, make my shape tile. And I just, you know, here I just adjust a bit my shape, creating a bevel with a bevel node. So I, I fit that in a tile sampler, then I get this now. Got a line of, you know, pattern. I use a transform 2D to adjust the position, a level to adjust the depths. Then I blend that uh, using a blend node. And here it's the same, but I just used another level and another transform to just place somewhere else my details. So using my normal, just let me show you again. Here is what you get. Nice, nice. And this is really um, like the, this is a, a slow, um, methodical building process. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Great. Mm. So um, in the next step here, um, I'm subtracting square shapes. So I use a square using the same node. It's exactly the same process than before. It's a shape node, so square, beveled, plugged into a tile sampler. Uh, here I'm just adding some dimensions uh, on the squares. I use Transform 2D to place them, a level. You're, you're adding those edges with that noise technique that you talked about, right? Exactly, yeah. So I'm damaging the, the edges there uh, of my shape. Yeah, just to create some... Uh, in, uh, what is that, a shape blur? Or what was that node above? Uh, it's called a uh, slow blur. Slow blur, great. Yeah. And yeah, once again, I'm just going to show you with the normal because in the height map, it's uh, very subtle. Well, you can see, you know, a little variation there to break just the straight lines. And yeah, so now I added some circular ornaments. Uh, but before to take a look at this, I'm just going to show you how I created uh, this shape there. Um, so once again, I used one of my cornices there. Uh, then I plugged into uh, a node called Cartesian to Polar. And it's, it's, so it allows you to uh, to create these sort of shapes uh, and combine to combine with uh, a gradient like that. You know, you, you you can have a very very cool circular shape. Mm. Here I combine that with a paraboloid, so it's you know a shape set on paraboloid, and I get this shape there. So. Um, this shape is going to be used after uh, to be, um, I'm going to use it as a stand for my gemstones. But here I decided to, to play around with it. And I was experimenting um, and I, I, I found a very cool shape using a tile sampler. Uh, and I get this result in the end. Was that was that planned, or you said you found that shape? Oh no no sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, I was playing around with the the tile sampler and mm -hmm. and this shape, and I was looking for a cool pattern because I wanted to, 
you know, uh, create circular ornaments, but I wasn't sure uh, what sort of ornaments I wanted. Right. So I was just experimenting things and playing around with the scale. And um, here you, you can uh, adjust the, the blending mode there. Uh, so if I duplicate the node, I can just show you uh, the different different effect that you can have. Just gonna show you this quickly. If you change to add sub, you have different effects here. Um, you can also adjust the color. So it's it's very easy to to do various uh, various effects, but uh, you just need to to find the the good combo to make what you want in designer is just like a, a big toolbox with a lot of tools and um just have to play around with it and find your your own recipe uh so here this is how i get this uh then i'm blurring just the center part so here i'm using again the same the same ornaments but i'm just placing it there just to add a micro detail in there. I'm already going into details uh, because I knew that uh, my cornices would not move anymore. So I was like, okay, I can at least like place a couple of little details there, but you know, I, I, I could have waited later on to do it, but I was pretty sure that I was not going to, to move them anymore. So that was okay. Um, there for the, Black gem row, so this line there. Um, I used my stand there, and I plugged into a tile sampler. Use the transform 2D. It's pretty much always the same method, but it's just you're just slowly combining shapes together. Uh, and here I adding my gemstone. So for the gemstones. Um, I found it easier to make it in Maya, basically. Uh, so I used a gem cutting chart just to to see how was uh, uh, sculpted exactly uh, a diamond, and I used it as reference to to make this quickly in Maya. Uh, I could have done it in Designer as well, but uh, it was just easier to to make it and to to grab it in ZBrush. Um, so here, once again, I use a, a dial sampler, plug into a transform 2D, use a level. Here I create a mask uh, with an histogram scan. And I add my my gemstone on top of my, my little stand. And here is the raw of, uh, of gem that you have here. All right, so uh, for the next step, it was uh, making the bar-relief he here, the first draw. Um, so here I used one of my skulls, then I slow blurred to uh, give some erosion effect to it. And here I, I blend my result, so the eroded version with the normal version. And in the mask here, I'm using just a gradient to erase the effect on the on the face of the skeleton. So if you look at it, it's it's pretty subtle, but 
you can see that here there is not that much uh, erosion. So I've done this on two different scales. So this is the same scale, but they're eroded differently. So it's just to break a bit more the tiling and the repetition. Uh, here again, I'm using a tile sampler. Then I blend here. I'm just gonna. So here I just use a stand again. Uh, then I blur slightly just to make it smoother. And I blend that. So I set my tile sampler differently and I just put them next to each other. Here, once again, I'm using a tile sampler. Uh, just to just to let you know about this, um, uh, previously I used a shape node that I plug into a tile sampler. You, 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 you need to know that uh, you can set a pattern here. Uh, so here I use a square, but it's just that uh, if you need to do manipulation on the shape, like uh, here I'm adding a bevel, you can't do it directly in the tile sampler. So that's why I'm using uh, a shape node there with a square. But I could have used um, a square directly in the tile sampler. So it, it, it works again. Depends on what you want. And here it's the case I'm, I'm using the bevel after the tile sampler instead of doing it uh, before. So it's, it's just an example that you can do the same thing, but differently. So here I'm blending the both shape together. I'm basically adding my skulls on top of the, of the square. Here, here I'm adding my gems and I'm placing them on top of my stand, like just like before. So there. Um, using an histogram scan to create a mask out of my tile sampler there. And I place my gem on top of my stand there. And there you go. Very cool. And there um, I'm, I'm just creating a, a mask to display uh, because here, as you can see, uh, has been plugged into multiple tile samplers. So mm -hmm. you have uh, a lot of different lines and you don't want to use them all. So I'm just, uh, you know, masking out uh, the one I want. Got it. And the mask is just created with, uh, with one of my, you know, previous corners that I clamped out with an histogram. But I could have could have created this mask with a with a square node with a with a shape node uh, using a square or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was there. Let me show you the result. So just a normal node. Here it is. All right. So for the second row. Uh, it's more or less the same recipe, but with other elements. So here, uh, I'm creating a sort of demonic eye uh, by using a, a paraboloid and a level. Then I transform, and then I subtract. Uh, with my stand. Once again, I could have uh, created different elements for my uh, for my different pattern, but 
I just reused the same over and over again because I, I just wanted to, you know, uh, stay focused on the design uh, instead of creating too much variety. And it's also a good way to stay consistent with the shapes. So, so yeah, I just adjust the level here. I love Care how placing. It, it all just kind of combines in. You know, it's like three or four nodes, and you get these amazing shapes. Yeah, it's it's very very easy to use. Uh, actually, you just need to to learn uh, a bit what node is doing what, basically. But in the end, it's it's always uh, more or less the same stuff that you do. Mm -hmm. um, here, I'm using the same technique than before to erode my my jaw. So um, I'm just using two different clouds uh, to have different sort of erosion. So you can see here that this one is different than the other one. Here is really to create variety and uh, to break the tiling. So here I'm doing this with tile, this tile sampler, and here the jaw is in the other on the other side. Uh, here I'm adjusting the level. And I'm blending the both shape together in Max Lidium. And here I'm adjusting the eye between the two jaws. I'm adjusting the position with the transform 2D. And here it's pretty much the same than on the previous raw. I'm I'm using skulls. Um, so I added this detail so the, the the star has been added afterward, but now it's already there. Um, but I'm using again the same technique, so erosion. I adjust the level slightly, and I plug that in a tile sampler. I blur it a bit, and I blend everything together. Max Lighten again. And here uh, I'm masking out my my skulls just to you know avoid to create a, a sort of outline around it. And there it's the same uh, creating a mask just to display my bare leaf where I want to so don't have it everywhere like that. So here it is for the second row. And for the the last one, uh, I started to create a, just a mask using a shape node. So I use a transform, I blur it slightly, and I subtract it just to create, uh, to, to add more depth uh, into what we have here. So for the top row, um, I started by using the the backbone. So it's like uh, it's like when I started the the the, the graph. I started with the horizon the re, the real the horizontal element, sorry, and now uh, I'm structuring the 
the final bas-relief with the vertical lines first. So just to just to help me to 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 see a bit more the the space that I have. So here um, I'm blending my backbone with uh, a gradient linear two. Then I transform like that just to add a bit more uh, roundness to it. And here I plug that into Tile Sampler. I blur it slightly. I adjust it with the level. And here I'm duplicating my Tile Sampler. But instead of having my backbone plugged in pattern input, I just use uh, one of the pattern that you can find here. So I set it to Ridge Bell. And uh, I combine the two together just to add some more um, sharpness to the to the spine there. And uh, it's also pretty visible uh, when you look, look at the silhouette over there. And it's always good when you're uh, working on, on a texture like that, when you use uh, displacement and tessellation, to think about your texture as a, not as a 2D texture, but as a volume. Because in the end, it's going to be seen on, on, on a primitive like that with, uh, with tessellation. So it's always good to, to preview it. All right. Um, so here, once again, I'm adding the backbones to my composition. Just gonna plug that back with my normal there. Right. Okay, so here is what we have. Um, here I'm doing pretty much the same thing once again. Uh, with a tile sampler, except that here uh, I'm using a mask that I'm creating from my previous tile sampler there. So I use my backbones to create a mask that I'm inverting with my selection. And I plug that into my mask map input. Here in the tile sampler, you can, just gonna show you the parameter. Here you have a mask map threshold. And when you change this value, you can uh, you can decide where you wanna uh, spread your elements. So basically here, uh, the tile sampler is not spreading skulls where you have your backbones there. And by adjusting the threshold, you adjust the, the sort of virtual bounding box around the mask. So uh, it works pretty well. Uh, so you can constrain the skulls where you want. And um, here I'm slightly playing with the rotation, uh, the rotation random to uh, break the break the repetition once again. So you can see here it's rotated slightly. All right. So there playing with my level to integrate that into the composition again. And here is what you have. So on that part, 
I'm gonna go a bit faster, but uh, it's basically just playing around with simple shapes to create um, create details for the background. So uh, first here, just subtracting pyramid shapes. So here's what you got. I'm just gonna show you quickly. So so here it doesn't you know doesn't work that well but combined with the rest it works pretty well actually so here i'm just playing around with pyramids uh, in a tile sampler i chop off the top with a, an histogram scan by playing around with the values there uh, i'm adjusting the depth to the level combining my gem stand here I'm adding uh, just a, a torn pattern because here I'm, uh, as you can see, you have uh, torns and gems. So I'm creating the both version. So here you have the torn, here you have the diamonds. Here I'm masking out just the area that I want to keep. And here it's a bit gross, but I'm just creating a, a shaker mask quickly by hand. And I'm uh, just, you know, displaying the the other ones that I want. So a gemstone, then a torrent, then a gemstone. And here I'm just masking my pyramids with my bone elements just to avoid to superimpose them. Yeah, here I'm masking out the results. Here I'm just adding gradient linear two just to add more roundness to it. It's subtle but it helps a bit just to make it fit better there. And I blend everything together. And we're almost done now. So now it's going to be um, just small details such as inscription. So it's pretty easy to do. I just used a, I just used a text node. So you can enter a text there and can make it out pretty easily. So um, here it is. So it's pretty cool to use. And uh, the height is almost finished. Uh, here, there is just a couple of different noise that I'm using to uh, add variation. So here, I'm just creating scratches with a generator. I'm warping it with directional warp. I'm using the slow blur again to create this very cool erosion effect. And I'm subtracting uh, the shape to my result. And just to show you on the normal, it looks like this. Mm, that's beautiful. And, and before it was like that, you know? Yeah. We've got uh, Lance is asking about how you get the, um, the grayscale. Do you mind just talking about what the grayscale is versus the um, normal one that you're using to show us? Um. 
that one. What do you mean exactly? I'm not sure to understand the, the question. Sorry. The grayscale um, connectors that you have, the height map, basically the height maps. Uh, yeah, this one? You, yeah. you mean the, this map? Yeah, so Lance was asking, oh, I'm sorry, Lance was asking different questions about the bones and skulls. So Lance, he got those from um, from ZBrush, or from, you got them from uh, Bad King, but they're basically yeah, exactly. uh, depth grabs from ZBrush. Yeah, exactly. So you you can you can sculpt it yourself, or you can you know zgrab a, a a free asset or whatever. You know, it's just to have a, a base uh, uh, that I used in designer, uh, just to yeah once again just uh, uh, say some prediction time. It was a uh, it was not really the focus to to learn how to sculpt a skeleton in ZBrush. It was more about uh, how can I use this shape to, to make a composition like that in designer. So was uh, the focus of, uh, of that's 2D. But yeah, it was from, it was from ZBrush, grabbed in ZBrush. Uh, I, yeah, I don't have loaded uh, the five, but uh, it's pretty easy to, to do, to do it. Um, so here's the, the final height. Uh, Oh, sorry, I skipped a, a couple of notes, but here basically I'm just uh, subtracting and adding little little noise. Just gonna show you on the normal, it's always better. So here it is. It's very subtle, but you know, it, it makes the difference. And here, um, here is the result. Um, I'll talk about it later, but the gold mask there is just um, is just my metallic mask that I use to remove noises from the the gold parts uh, on my height, because just wanted to to have uh, flat surfaces uh, on on my gold uh, elements and just keep the the all the the erosion effect on the on the the, the, the carved uh, bur leaf. All right, so the normal is there. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the albedo now. So as you can see, uh, all this all this part of the graph is just to make the height map. All right, and um, it's it's. It's very important to spend time on it because this is what you're gonna use to create the other the other channel. So I started like that for the albedo. Just you know, I go I go back in my in my graph and I grab some mask. Just here, I I, I just wanted to separate the different elements so uh, the skulls are lighter than um than the rest. Just defining simple colors. Here I'm adding uh, some curvature on top of it, just to add some more, uh, some small information. And then um, I start to, I'm just gonna show you there. I start, start to play around with, uh, this generator are from Substance Painter, basically. And uh, when you feed the information required in it, like here, the dirt node. So here is what I get when I 
plug my curvature, my ambient occlusion, and my workspace normal in it. And where are so, you getting the, um, the curvature from? Well, uh, sorry, the curvature is extracted from my normal. Okay. And for the ambient occlusion, it's extracted from my height map. So you have just a NAO node in Designer. So here it is. And to get your occlusion, you just need to connect your height into it. Okay. And you okay. get the occlusion. All right, so each one of those is going to have a different input. So AO just needs height, curvature needs your normal map. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, this generator needs uh, different information, so depending of what you want. But um, here I'm playing around with a, so a, co a couple of these generators. So I'm, I'm creating mask, then I'm using to add more colors uh in my albedo so it was like that and i add this brownish dirt on top of it here i'm adding some green information using this mask here i'm having this and once again i'm just going to show you the the look of uh, the mask that i'm creating so i'm creating these this effect with the the leaks generator and using just a simple color that I'm adding on top, get this. Here again, adding more details using this generator. So it's an edge dirt. The next one is an edge wear. And once again here, just using other colors. And here, I'm just um, using a, a sun bleach to lighten just the the top part of my elements to highlight slightly the the top of my elements. So before, after. So here I'm just using an old cold HA cell, like in a, a use saturation level, like in in Photoshop, to just change slightly the value. So on top of that. Just adding some leaks with this grunge map. What do you mean by leaks? Do you mean like just liquid and fluid coming down, or? Oh no, uh, I mean, um, um, yeah, I use this grunge map to to add some sort of you know uh, yeah. leaks on That's top it. of my yeah 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 on top of my column. Like if like if it was uh, outside and it was you know raining or whatever you know it's just a uh, to give some sort of storytelling or something and here I'm adding the the gold so I just uh, played around with the fractal some base so it's just a noise the name of the noise. And I'm combining to gradient map. So here I'm picking different uh, yellowish value. Then I'm combining uh, with my uh, ambient occlusion. Then I invert and I use as a mask there just to have like darker areas. And here's what I have. 
for the gold parts. For the gems, it's pretty simple. Just uh, faking the the effect that you have when you're you're looking at a gem. Just uh, combining a, a cell, so it's just a noise called cell four, cells four, um, and I'm blending it in multiply with a, a very saturated color, flat color. And yeah, here is the result. I do the same with uh, a green one. And I create a quick mask just to alternate the both. And here I'm just uh, adding some dark color for the the center uh, the center row. And we're done with the albedo, so here it is. And uh, yeah, last one is the the roughness. So to make the roughness, uh, just wanted to. Uh, a quick reminder so the 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 in the roughness uh the the closer the texture is to white the more it's rough and mate and if the texture is closer to black the material is smoother so uh with this in mind uh you can see that uh the the lighter information are gonna be uh like uh, more around your elements you know it's going to be smoother on the on the top part uh, because here it, it's it's normally more uh, rough uh, uh, where you have the dirt uh, not sure to be clear <laughs> but um, uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, make it smoother uh, on the flat surface and uh, more rough in uh, in the holes. So here I'm subtracting my metallic parts. So there. And I'm just adding little details. So here I'm just playing with grunge map uh, that I'm adding on top of each other just to create variation. And to get this result, uh, I forgot to mention it before, but I'm just, you know, using some some mask that I have uh, that come from uh, my height or my normal. But the the gray the grayscale values correspond to uh, to my height, so uh, everything match uh, properly. So here I'm just adding some grunge to to add more details, and here I'm just adjusting the values for the gems. Just to have a, a flat colors, and here is the roughness. And 
to finish, I can show you the metallic. So the metallic is just a black and white mask where black is dielectrics and white is metallic. So basically dielectrics is just non-metallic elements. So here we have stones, so it's not metallic. Uh, for the gems, it's, it's a bit an exception, but uh, works uh, it works pretty well like that um, so yep we're almost done uh, I'm just playing around with uh, my normal here just to uh, I boost I boost out the the gemstones uh, to to increase the the, the reflection so I'm just Increasing the value, and as you can see, I'm just uh, yeah, sure it's visible there. Mm, you're pushing like almost like they're they're more depth. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the 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 facets differ from uh, from each other, and mm -hmm. uh, the ref the reflection is boosted. So here is the normal that we have. Mm -hmm. And um, just to showcase the material now, uh, I think it can be cool to show you what it looks like in marmosets. So here is what we have. So we have tessellation. So it's just a 4K map. Uh, just going to boost a bit the tessellation. So here is what we have now. Uh, so as you can see, I have a lot of polygons. And um, I'm using displacement here. And uh, by reading the, the grayscale information from the height map, uh, we get this, uh, this volume. Uh, so it's just a cylinder. So if I just turn off the tessellation, I already have a, a small value on it. But don't know if you have uh, any questions or yeah, I'm sure we got a ton, um, but let's, uh, because we have taken up a, a good chunk of your valuable time, um, let me get a quick note from you guys real quick. Uh, let's get a, just a couple of questions in, and then uh, don't forget, uh, in fact, Jonathan, actually, do you want to head over, show us your art station real quick, so people know how to find you, and... Oh, yeah, sure. Jonathan is heavy on the teaching end of the spectrum. So, you know, you can head over there. You see he's got some gum roads and he's actually got um, a bit of a tutorial on what he just went through as well. And, and he's in 3D Artist, so you can find out more information there. Um, but if you want to uh, learn more about Jonathan, you head over to Jonathan to ArtStation forward slash Jonathan uh, underscore. And how do I say your last name, Jonathan? Uh, Benenus. Benenus. Okay. Yeah, I know it's not easy to... To say, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not for the not for the American tongue. I'm sure it's fine for you. Uh, okay, so let's get these questions going. Um, ZBrush to designer. Daniel really wants to see ZBrush to designer to final result. Okay, we can look at something like that. Uh, Jeff, do you unwrap based on your texture material, or do you lay out your UVs first, then create your texture material, or is it situational? 
Well, um, it can be situational, but usually I uh, make my 3D based on my textures. So basically, if I had to use this texture as a trim texture, uh, I could have, uh, uh, I, I could map uh, just this corners on uh, a part of my mesh, then this area and another part, you know, I'm not forced to use it in this order. Uh, yeah, I can we were, definitely... We were wondering if this is almost like a trim sheet to some extent. Uh, yeah, it can, it, it, it can be used as a trim texture, definitely. So you can like, you know, crop there and just use the center line. Mm -hmm. But um, for for that studio, I was like, okay, I want to create a, a cool composition directly. But if I want to reuse this to build a, a facade, for example, I think it, it could be possible, you know? Cool. Um, Ira's asking, uh, did you have a concept in mind or did you just kind of start and go with it? Uh, well, uh, I didn't really have a concept. Uh, I can show you a couple of references that I had. Uh, so, ah, have you been to um, uh, the one in the Czech Republic? Oh no, no, I didn't have that chance. But uh, I would love to. <laughs> yeah, I, I when I lived there in in Prague, we actually went out one time. Um, oh, great! Pretty crazy. Yeah. It was it was crazy when I, I saw that I was like okay so basically they're using bones to to make architecture. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. I have no idea how that fit into the Judeo-Christian religion, but anyways, it was pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, Robert is asking: uh, Is tessellation geometry generated from the height map? And he's just looking for a little more information on on the the feet the. Um, the uh, concept of tessellation, I guess, is what we call it. Well, uh, basically, okay. tessellation is the fact of uh, subdividing something. So uh, here, when you're increasing the tessellation, you're just incre increasing the amount of points and the amount of polygons. Um, the displacement is the fact of um, uh, interpreting grayscale information to create volumes. Uh, so this is how you get uh, uh, the volume that you have here. So by increasing the scale there, you can see what happened. So you need to just set up the correct uh, value. But uh, here, is, is, it, the, um, the, is it fair to say that uh, displacement is kind of a pushing out, whereas tessellation is actually determining how many polygons there are to push out? Uh, the tessellation is just the fact to divide something, yeah. uh, basically. It's just the amount of points and polygons, but the displacement uh, use the height map. So the, the, the white elements are going to be the peaks and the black are, are going to be the valleys. So this is how it, it creates these this volumes. Got it. Yeah. Okay, let me check any more questions. Uh, Isaac, on a studio in a studio production environment, how much time is usually given to environment um, and or texture artist to create a uh, a substance texture? Uh, well, it it depends of the sort of texture that you need to produce. If it's a, a realistic one, uh, you can spend a week on it. 
but if it's something more cartoony, you can you can make a texture in a day or or a two uh, or, or in two days. Uh, it, it it really depends on what you need to do uh, and how complicated the texture is. Got it. And this is a question I got for you. So with the because um, I saw you sculpted some rocks in ZBrush back in the day. Yeah. Um, now with substance, is, is that something that you do uh, much of or is a lot of it just find something that's cool in substance designer? Uh, well, uh, I'm experimenting a lot with a designer now, mm -hmm. but uh, I could definitely uh, go back to my uh, ZTL file and grab some, uh, some height map from it mm. and play in a tile sampler. Um, but I, I, I find it just funnier to to find how to reproduce this sort of shape in designer now right because i know that i can spend time to you know in zbrush to sculpt this this rocks but uh it's always a challenge to 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 get the same result in designer so yeah i just find it funnier uh to make it in designer now cool all right and uh wait Okay, Frank's got a question. From a learning perspective, is there a runway for learning designer that you'd recommend so that we'd eventually reach the level of complexity that you've achieved? So I think by runway, do you mean a source of information, Frank? Like hit up this guy on YouTube or um, hit up this Gumroad. Uh, and keep in mind, guys, Jonathan has Gumroads, so you can head over to his art station. You can see his Gumroads there. Yeah, well, um, yeah, you, you can find this file on Gumroad. It's available there, uh, and you have uh, comments and uh, and everything in the file. Uh, but um, well, uh, when I started to learn designer, I was just you know looking. I was just watching all the all the different tutorials that I could find on the internet. Um, all the videos from Algorithmic showing all the nodes are very interesting. Uh, you have many artists who were making uh, an amazing job uh, at showing how to to create materials like uh, Danny Tiger or Josh Lynch. Uh, you, you have many, many very good artists and designer that make awesome realistic stuff. Um, I think it's just you know about um, watching videos and experimenting uh, by yourself. Um, it, it's always good to make tutorials, to watch videos, uh, and to, to experiments. Yeah, great. And, it's, yeah. and I think one of the things that's really important, Frank, you also teach, um, so you're, you're familiar with like the, the process of learning and how to kind of hack learning, I'm, I'm sure. So for me, one of the things that I learned today uh, was really the power of, the, of structure. So it's like Jonathan's substance designer. It's very first very thing. First structural element he established was was that profile of the column, and then everything from that point on was structured so that he could go back and say, okay, these are all the skulls. I'm only going to apply, you know, this thing to skulls, and yeah. so having it be this structured um, to me just seemed crazy powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 game changer in a, in game production now. It's a that's good. I've talked to people who say you, you know because some people can 
you know, uh, and I understand it, but gamers and artists can be a little cynical because there's so much learning that has to happen. So I've talked mm-hmm. to a couple of people and they're like, yeah, you know, substance was, you know, but you know, there's going to be something else in 30 days that you have to learn. So, you know, maybe it's not so important, but, but my assumption is that if you learn substance, it moves the needle on your career. Like it's, it's a powerful thing and it increases your chances of a job significantly. Do you agree or disagree? Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's like, it's like ZBrush for me. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you can't, uh, you, you, if you want to work in the video game industry, you need to learn, uh, you need to learn ZBrush. You need to learn, uh, at least a bit of substance designer. Uh, you need to learn substance painter and you definitely need to learn a 3ds max or maya yeah that's for sure and even photoshop because you're, it's still useful to to know you how, how to use it great all right jonathan thank you so much for uh, for your generosity and for your time and well, thanks um, a lot thanks to you absolutely and uh, and for walking us through this is brilliant it's a really just an amazing work i think this is one of the most powerful pieces i've seen done in substance designer that showcases how powerful that program really is great job well thanks a lot ryan yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah, you liked friend, it. um i'll touch base with you after uh, a little later on on what we'll end up with this video but for those of you guys who are in the november boot camp remember there's no class today but you have march in and then um, for all my other boot campers, you know, you got your regular classes. You got classes on Thursday um, for the most part. If you got any questions, you guys know where to find me. And once we post this, make sure you send up or uh, post up one thing that you've learned today so that I can make sure, you know, that um, we're giving you guys value and that this is making uh, a difference in your lives. Uh, and, I, you know, I know I'm learning something from every single one of these. So thank you guys for tuning in. Jonathan, thank you so much again, man. Really great. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. Really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com. To learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.